Stone Temple Pilots, Big Empty on Island 1069 WIIS Key West. Good morning, I'm Gwen Filosa, and with you for It's Too Early, that's the name of the show, and we're broadcasting right off Duval Street in beautiful Key West, Florida. I'm super excited to have my guest this morning. She's an immigration attorney. She knows a lot about the law. We're going to talk, we have so much to talk about. Amanda Velasquez, good morning. Good morning, Gwen. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. And uh, thank you for coming on. Is it too early? It's a little too early. To be on the radio. Yeah, we're exactly. Up. We're yeah, gonna... we're up. I got to get my kid to school. Like, you know, there's things going on, but yeah. <laughs> no, wow. but it's great to be in the studio. No, and I appreciate you awesome. taking the time. We Thank have you. so much um, important, critical things to talk about. First thing I wanted to talk about uh, recently, um, the, the feds, the, uh, there was a federal indictment mm-hmm. of a few people who run the staffing agencies down here, right. f- several staffing uh, businesses, agencies that supply workers right. to restaurants, hotels, and they've been indicted, accused of immigration fraud mm-hmm. and some other things. What is the fallout from these staffing agencies going away? So, um, you know, this has been going on for a long time down in the, key, not just in Key West, but all of Monroe County mm-hmm. who really rely on this labor pool um, that unfortunately the majority of don't oftentimes have legal employment authorization. So the workaround to that is for hotels and restaurants is to hire staffing agencies like like you said, where they can then not ask, kind of turn a blind eye to what the immigration status is of the individuals that they're employing. Um, and then that staffing agency takes care of, you know, recruiting a pool of labor for businesses, local businesses, and then they get a cut of their paycheck. That's how they make their money, okay. right? So, um, so yeah, so recently there's been some federal investigation, H- HSI, which is Homeland Security Investigations, FBI was down mm. in the Keys, IRS, you know, investigating this situation, because it is, unfortunately, it's it's illegal, and Correct. and that's what, you know, that's, that's what we're dealing with. But the fallout is a huge labor pool that now can't work, isn't working, and then businesses suffering because they don't have the labor pool. And we already had a shortage. And we already had a shortage. Mm -hmm. Anyway, because if you just look at this in a vacuum, the immigration part of it, it's bad enough, but then add affordable housing, add COVID. can't afford to live here. Right. Add COVID to that. It's just a a disaster. So, so yeah, so that's where we are right now is what's going to happen with all of these folks who now can't work or, you know, couldn't legally work technically beforehand, but at least had, you know, some employment. And then what's going to happen with the businesses that are suffering because they just mm-hmm. don't have enough, you know, employees. And, and we are talking about, I, I know it's illegal immigration fraud and, and uh, the unauthorized work to, to work, mm-hmm. but it, they, they want to work. Yeah, they, they have to. Right. It, it's not as if I mean, there there is a certain right. uh, service being provided for both right. ends of this. Exactly. It's not like people are doing something nefarious. They're just trying to earn a living. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So, yeah. So what's the solution? Right. So let you know. I mean, the easy answer is give them work permits, you know, mm-hmm. but it's obviously a little bit more complicated than that. Um, and right now, I want to say probably in 20, over 20 years, there hasn't really been any comprehensive immigration reform. Everything that we've seen in the last 20 years through the last several administrations has always been like piecemeal kind of things, you know, through executive actions. And um, and that really, the bad part about that is that it's not long-term, you know, resolutions for big groups of people who you would otherwise you know like you're saying just want to work you know provide uh, a living for their families and and such so there is uh legislation pending right now in congress which is the u.s citizenship citizenship act of 2021 it has a lot of support in the house um it's a little bit more tenuous in the senate um but part of that comprehensive bill would be to put a lot of these folks on a pathway to citizenship now that would then afford them work authorizations, ultimately green cards, and ultimately become U.S. citizens. 
keeping in mind that all of these people would obviously have to go through background checks. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not like just like get in line, here's a green card, you know, things like that. There's obviously hoops that they would have to jump through to qualify. But the short answer, that's a long answer, but the short answer is, yeah, legalize their status in some fashion so that they can have work authorizations. And I don't know if you know when, but the work permit leads to a social security number. And in Florida, at least, it also leads to a valid driver's license. You can't get either one of those other things without the valid employment authorization from the Department of Homeland Security. So you're not only legalizing that individual's ability to work, but also to pay taxes, also to drive legally, (laughs) to get insurance. I mean, it's a chain, you know, it's a domino effect. So and it, it is broad reaching. And now we have, again, tons of businesses who are really struggling. And tourism is what, you know, yeah, it's all, what keeps this, this it's, island it's what, chain it's alive. What we, it's so, what we need yeah. in, in Key West. And I, now when I moved here, I was, I was um, you know, it's fascinating. People come from all over mm-hmm. the world to work here, to live, live here. And uh, how how hard is it? Or what's the, I'm trying to get some context. What, what's the process if you if you come here? Um, you can get a travel visa, correct? Right. So a lot of so there's two main ways to come into the country illegally and legally. And then those who come in legally with tourist visas, a lot of times overstay and okay. stay. In, you know, you're only given a certain amount of time to stay. Um, and then a lot of folks just just stay. So anybody who enters either illegally or albeit legally and overstays, technically does not qualify for any immigration status. There's some exceptions, um, sometimes, um, you know, through family-based petitions. Sometimes you can have an employer petition for you, but it's very complicated, and you mm-hmm. have to look at, like, how long have they been here out of status? How did they enter? Where are they from? Some nationals of certain countries have, you know, uh, benefits that others don't. It's a really, I mean, we could talk for hours and hours about that, but the bottom line is if you enter as a tourist, you're here as a tourist. You're not supposed to be working. Okay, right? You're not, you're not yeah. supposed to be. Yeah. And um, I, I've known, and we all do. I've known a number of people who will marry to yeah. get to get a, the green card is what you need. Um, uh, the the New York Times did a story I think six eight year ago that that's changed and it's not as simple or as easy. And, and no judgment. I'm just saying yeah. that process used to be. I know several people that are like I got I got married to someone yeah. so I could get my green card. But it's it now they're kind of investigating them more. The government is more. Well, yeah, that's been around for a while. I mean, basically, when you marry a U.S. citizen and you're here out of status, um, you do have to go through a process of, you know, obviously applying and forms, but also interview process. So mm. the idea is that you ha- the burden is on you as the applicant to prove that it's a good faith marriage of what we call a bona marriage um, and sometimes that results in home investigations sometimes it's really oh. easy to prove because you know there's nothing to hide um, but it is something that if you are accused of marriage fraud then you've basically shut the door to be able to legalize your immigration status ever like it's a lifetime bar so it's a serious consequence if you're if somebody does do that just to try to get legal status now the the US citizens who marry somebody from another country for, for that purpose can they get in big trouble? Yeah, I mean, technically, yes. I've been practicing for about 21 years, and I've never seen a U.S. citizen yeah, in that situation really suffer the consequences okay. of it like the immigrant mm. spouse does. Um, but, yeah, there are civil and um, criminal penalties that can be imposed, whether they actually are enforced. is Usually you see that when you hear about, like, marriage fraud, like, schemes, right? So oh, okay. marriage broker type situations like that. Then you'll see some more of a crackdown on that, but individual cases i rarely see that oh, i was just always yeah. curious because it's like well um 
Now, one thing I wanted to bring up lately, uh, according to the U.S. Coast Guard and mm -hmm. um, other agencies, Border Patrol, there has been such an exodus from Cuba, yeah. people from Cuba. I'm going to use the word fleeing mm -hmm. a nation that's just mired in crises, you know, healthcare, you know, mm -hmm. economic, political, um, so much turmoil is going on. I think, I believe the last count was about, is at least 750 people this year, that, so this far, year that yeah. have been stopped. It was 49 the year before. Uh, it, it's obvious what's going on, but tell us what's yeah. going on. So, yes. Yeah. So in July, we um, saw nationwide protests in Cuba that haven't been seen since the 1960s. We've, you know, we've heard over the years, like, you know, things like kind of pop up, different groups and things like that. But as far as like a nationwide protest outside the city of Havana and more rural areas, we haven't seen that since the 1960s. So what's causing that uprise is can be attributed to various factors. So, you know, there's COVID, there's, mm. you know, lack of food, medication, um, and, uh, and, and people out in the streets, you know, we hear them chanting, you know, libertad, liberty, you know, they want freedom. And so all of a sudden there's this like mass exodus now. And we see it because they land on our beaches Correct. five minutes away, right? Mm -hmm. So at, like think in the last two weeks, it's been- There's a number of people- Three or four different Three or groups. four different yeah. landings in, right. in, in Cuba. So that's what's kind of causing that sort of like fleeing um, all of a sudden. And then the rules have kind of changed in the last. They have. There's year no. I, a lot. Of, I'm surprised so, yeah. people. Well, let's call them trolls. People on the yeah. on the internet are like, oh well, they can stay if they meet. Those days, wet foot, dry foot is over. So wet foot, dry foot is over. Wet foot, dry foot was implemented by the Clinton administration as an executive order um, back in the 90s, and then President Obama um, did away with that in 2017, sort of in an effort to normalize diplomatic relations with Cuba. Um, the part of that was um, Cuban nationals who, for whatever reason, had deportation orders that couldn't be enforced up until then because Cuba wouldn't receive them back oh. if they they weren't being actually deported. Um, all of a sudden, opened up that you know that door. So that was part of that sort of quote unquote normalizing relations with Cuba. Um, however, how it works is that the Cuban Adjustment Act, which is what gives them the ability to become a, a permanent resident after being here only a year, still does apply. The difference is that you have to have a legal entry into the United States. So that is by way of a visa. And then you then the question is, well, how does a Cuban get a visa to come? Yeah. Yes, they don't. They, they don't. usually get it because they're they're citizens of another country. They may be a Spanish citizen okay. and they happen to have been born in Cuba. So they enter legally, wait a year and a day, then they can become a permanent resident, but they have a legal entry. The folks that are coming in, you know, in the, you know, fleeing the island and boats are not entering legally. Correct. So what happens with those individuals is that they're basically put in the same line as anybody from any other country who would enter the same way. Okay. In other words, you don't qualify for Cuban Adjustment Act because you don't, you don't have a legal entry. So they're put in expedited removal proceedings and could be potentially removed um, unless they can, you know, show a credible fear of persecution and claim asylum. Um, and then, of course, the ones that are interdicted at sea are repatriated immediately. Yeah, they're, they're, they're yeah. Take, return to yeah. Cuba or, or Haiti. Or, or Haiti or whatever, you know, whatever so island. There's no more. From, right? Cubans are treated the same as any <laughs> exact, other That was the idea, nation. right? Put it. Yeah, they're put in the same sort of line process uh, opportunities as nationals from any other country. Yeah. And I mean, I, you see them all those, I find them heartbreaking photos yeah. when I see the, uh, the makeshift homemade boats that it's so torturous in Cuba. People will get on a, a dangerous boat, yeah. an unseaworthy yeah. vessel and, and the Florida Straits, that dangerous journey. It just, 
what, what I mean, and it seems like there's a lot of people. Well, I always ask you about this when mm-hmm. you come on that the myths of immigration, yeah. the myths yeah. of well, they're, they're they're they shouldn't be coming here, and and then some people think they get money from the government. No, they don't. I, I mean, there are there are programs that are amnesties. Oh, yeah, that yeah. would allow somebody because they're sort of a they're sort of refugee type programs, right? Oh, okay. So the Cuban Adjustment Act is an amnesty. So if you happen to qualify for it because you have a legal entry and you happen to apply for it, and you will get some benefits that other other people may not have access to as quickly but ultimately you still have to prove that you qualify so it's not like oh you're cuban here's you know uh, uh you know whatever a house or medical care i mean there's still a lot of steps in the between to be able to qualify for that um but it is a myth that you know that they can come in and they're just given all of the stuff that isn't even remotely like true. It's kind of the opposite. <laughs> yeah, everybody. it's not I mean, even remotely true. Yeah, I don't know yeah. where that comes from. And then yeah. and and can we talk about the um, the I guess the word anger. People are so um, angry about him. Uh, not everybody, but it's such a controversy in this country. And what are people kind of missing from that argument? Um, I think that if you if you think about the treacherous journeys that immigrants make to get here, mm-hmm. right? Um, how bad ha- does it have to be at home to make those choices? And I'm not talking about just coming through the Florida Straits. I'm talking about, you know, climbing up, you know, I have I have Haitian clients who have made it their way to Brazil because they have legal, they are able to go to Brazil and then make that trek all the way <sighs> up by foot to get to the oh, southern by, border. Okay. Because it's their only way to get into the United States unless they come through the Straits. So um, either way, treacherous journeys, so how bad must it be? Oh, it's unimaginable. I mean, there's reasons why we don't see nationals of certain countries coming in because they don't, you know, if things are good at home, then you don't feel like you need to leave your home. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't have a huge influx of, let's say, for example, Costa Ricans. Mm-hmm. Why is that? Yeah. You know, or Panamanians. Why is that? But then we see, you know, huge droves. Nicar- I'm a Nicaraguan national. I was born in Nicaragua. And all of a sudden, in the last couple of years, droves of Nicaraguan nationals entering, you know, through the U.S. border for similar reasons, you know, uh, political reasons. So, um, it's really what's happening in those countries of origin is what's really dictating and determining that those migrations. And we see that all over the world. It's just that these are the countries that affect us, particularly because we're, you know, proximity. But we're certainly not the only nation dealing with correct refugees, yeah, right? Mm-hmm, at this mm-hmm. moment in time, yeah. And I'm kind of running out of time, but I'm going to keep you a minute later. Yeah, <laughs> just, sure. Oh, I think with the with Joe Biden was elected president, there were you know pro- promises. He was talking about immigration reform. Mm-hmm. I don't know if reform is the right word, but mm-hmm. changes in the policy that would make it better. I'm lack of a better word for for immigrants. Has he changed his? Uh, he has not, tune? but he needs Congress support. Okay. Yeah. So he can do a lot of things, like I was saying earlier, that a lot of the presidents have done in the last 20 years, which is executive orders. You know, there's things like uh, DACA, the Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals. That's an executive order. That's not a congressional act. TPS, which some nationals have, Temporary Protected Status, also executive orders. But what needs to happen is comprehensive reform. And that is a, a congressional, you know, issue. And um, so he hasn't changed his policies or what or what he wants to see. But the U.S. Citizenship Act of 2021 is very progressive, uh, very broad reaching. And therefore, a lot of, you know, hey, listen, call, you know, our congressman, call Carlos Jimenez, call Marco Rubio, call, you know, Rick Scott and, you know, and voice your, you know, because we're the ones who can vote. Correct. The people we're talking about 
the majority can't. They cannot. They right. Cannot, and know. as business owners, I you know own a business in Key West. You know, aside from my um, uh, immigration practice, and we feel it too. Mm-hmm. You know, so we want to be able to have employ, be able to legally employ people. Yes. Right. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Amanda Velasquez, thank you so much for Thanks, coming on. Yeah, there's so much, so much more we could talk. I hope you, you keep coming back. Yeah, anytime. This is I'm great. Happy to be Have here. a wonderful day. Thank you. You Take too. Care. And thank you all for tuning in this morning to It's Too Early. We're going to play a song, come back with some headlines and in the weather. I, I think it's going to rain. I think that's what's going on. If you've been outside, <laughs> look out. It's QS, but it'd still be a beautiful day. This is Lum, Love, Fame, Tragedy, My Cheating Heart, Island 1069. Stick around, everyone. Just so-